Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Unfortunately, we've run out of time today. Whatever it means for you in your club, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Welcome to episode, I'm not sure the number, but welcome to We'll Talk About That Later, podcast about football. I think it's 107. Tanya, I apologise if I've got it wrong. Unfortunately, Tanya and Abdi aren't here today, but we'll talk about that in a second. Oh, we'll talk about that later. You had prime opportunity yeah, to Yeah, I didn't, because I just said the name. I just said the name. But yeah, um, so we're back. We are back, albeit half the team. Um, but we're back, as promised. We had some technical difficulties, but thankfully those have been resolved and we are back and hopefully with a banging episode. Of course. We'll let you be the judge of that. <laughs> but yeah, Mark's here with me. You good, Mark? I'm here. Listen, we're about to introduce someone after this, but obviously notice how Junior's asking me to clap the guest, but not clap myself. What's going on there? Clap next? yourself. I don't even know which button it is. But that's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, okay. So we've got Kojo from Free in Midfield today. And see, I gave you the, the right button, thank not you. the last thank one. You. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank, you. thank you, thank you, thank you. That's why we test these things. <laughs> um, but yeah, how are you, Kojo? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, yeah, I've been in a better place because I ain't seen my club play in about two weeks now. So I'm <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad that you guys um, invited me on, man. No, I love yeah. this show, so I appreciate oh, it. Thank you. Thank you. No, we're, we're thankful that you could step in last minute. That's cool. Um, into the hot seat because we're, we're going to pepper you with some difficult questions. Yeah, I, wish someone, I wish someone wasn't in my club's hot seat, but we moved, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Right, okay. I mean, we might as well just get straight into it. And before we go, how are yeah. you guys doing? I asked oh. how you guys are doing. How are you guys doing? Oh, hey. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right. good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're podding again. We we took a two-week break um, due to the technical difficulties I mentioned before. But no, I'm just happy that we're podding. Not a lot of football to talk about, but yeah, I'm happy to be back, though. Love that. Love that. Mark? Indeed. I'm good myself. Obviously, the, my people here will see I'm, I'm bleeding all over the gaff. My fingers, I sliced my finger up. On, um, um, Sunday, but here we are. Um, I'm actually super happy to be back. You know, it's been. I walked in when I walked in about half an hour ago, or whenever it was. I just smiled. 
it's know. been a while. It feels like it's been a while. So it's good to be back recording. Um, hopefully, the, the people listening to this um, will enjoy what we've got in store for them because yeah. it's going to be a slightly different episode to usual in the sense that Junior mentioned not, not much club football to talk about. Um, internationals, pointless international games taking place, um, mm. particularly the England game. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I did it then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kojo. Yeah. Sorry, man. We're going to have to get straight into it because we haven't had a United presence on this podcast for a, a long time. Yeah. Some might argue ever. But um, yeah, like we just want to know. Firstly, let's start right at the beginning. At the beginning of the season, um, you signed Sancho. You signed Varane. The uh, Ronaldo hadn't um, signed yet, but he was coming. What were your expectations? Before I do that, I'm just going to have a, a couple of... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. For anyone that's listening, if you ever come to my show and you see Jamie Dodgers on the table like six up packets, don't ask questions. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, you see how he's trying to swerve the... It's fr- just the first question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the he first just wants to talk about the ingredients <laughs> on Jamie Dodgers. Um, so, look, um, I haven't had faith in this manager for a while. Okay. So it might But what's a while? What's a while? From I'd say um what loss was it? I think it was Burnley at home. Mm. I think from that game, something in my head sort of just went off and I said, Yeah, you know what? I don't think I can trust you to take us further. Um but being a coach also, I tried to just ease off a little bit. And yeah, yeah. And then the Europa League final happened. And my head, I've never been so hot. The last time I was that angry was when we lost 4-1 to Liverpool in 2009. Okay. Because the guy took 100 minutes to make one substitution and then came out later and said, oh, you know, my players are so tired from April. I was like, well, if they were so tired, why you make a flipping sub in the first place? So we came into the season and truth be told, I didn't expect us to win anything. Really? Yeah, I say that because United fans talk about progression all the time. It's always, well, you know, we finished third, we finished second. I'm like, okay. So if we finish third and finish second and we're progressing, what comes next? Naturally, you have to win the title, no? Mm-hmm. And with the players you're signing, I would expect that from you. But I know from enough experience now that you will not utilise these players properly. And we're seeing it. Sancho's not playing games consistently. Mm-hmm. Varane's, he's done well, Varane, but he's been injury prone. So, you know, he's really started with a lot of injuries. Um, and his selection, I just, I didn't have any confidence at the beginning season i didn't say we're going to win the title i predicted chelsea to win the title i mm. said maybe a, um, a domestic trophy okay forget about champions league don't even don't even mention champions league you're there to be champions league tourists <laughs> <laughs> you know you see some nice sights whatever maybe get through the knockout stages maybe go see paris again and then go home so yeah i just just quickly because you touched on um domestic cup what what would a domestic cup win Let's say the FA Cup, for the sake of the argument, holds a bit more weight than the, the League Cup mm. and a top four finish. What does that? What would that mean to you as as a United fan? Who, for me, the majority of United fans that I know, ninety five percent, probably a hundred percent, are saying Oli out now. But does a domestic cup win, you know, coinciding with some improved performances and a decent run in the league to to get you into the top four again? What does that mean for you? It means nothing. Because, I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect the FA Cup. I actually love the FA Cup. I respect the history. I know a lot of people don't really rate it too highly right now. I love the competition. But the truth is, with this squad, you should be achieving more. And I understand Liverpool's strength. I understand Man City's strength. But this is the world of football. 
whether you like it or not, your squad is expected to win major accolades. Mm. You ca- you can't win it the same year as everybody else, absolutely, but that's what happens. Same thing in Spain. Real Madrid and Barcelona, powerhouses. If Real Madrid win it, it's a disaster at Barcelona because they know what they have and mm. vice versa. If Atletico Madrid win it, both of them are like, what the heck is going on here? Mm. That's the pressure you, you come under in football. So mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately for me, or for him rather, I just don't think it would be enough for United fans. Yeah. But All would right. you be happy no. with it? No. Okay. No, okay. no, because it means you'll stay. Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> fair enough. Um, all right, let me ask a slightly longer question. Get that Jamie Dodger in your mouth. Yeah, you know, Go first on. bite, first bite. <laughs> um, so we, we uh, obviously, we usually we record every week. So I'm going to guess that about two months ago or, or maybe just before this new season started, we, we had a look at United's attack um, and we were comparing it to, you know, City, Chelsea, Liverpool. Um, and in terms of depth, and I'll list a few and, and I might end up going through them all. So, you know, you've got the obvious Ronaldo, Cavani, Rashford, Sancho, Martial, Greenwood, Greenwood Lingard, etc. The depth is unbelievable. What's going on? Why, why, why is there no potency in that attack? There are, there are goals. There are late goals. There are, there are important goals. Like players are chipping in, but why is there no potency? Why, why is that attack not ruining teams? In terms of, I know you can only pick three or four of them, and one of them is always going to be Ronaldo. Rashford, when he's fit, for me, is always in that team. What is it with United that's, that I just don't see anything from a world-class attack with world-class depth? There's nothing in there for me as a, a centre-back in the Premier League that actually goes, you know what, I'm scared to play these lot today. Yeah, it's, it's two things for me. One, there is a lack of, or rather, it's too predictable. I think when you know when everyone's fit, you know... Still, Ronaldo obviously is going to be the striker. You sign, you sign him. You sign, you play Ronaldo. That's a given. But you know, Rashford, like you said, it's on the left side, and for some reason, it's still going to be Greenwood on the right. You know that. That's a guarantee. If there's a change, it's a shock. But then comes the second issue. Regardless of rotation, the approach in games remains the same. It's very, um, very cautious. There's no um, United fans love this word adventure. <laughs> like it's flipping Indiana Jones um, on the pitch you know I, I don't like referring back to Sykes Ferguson because he's long gone now it, it's, mm. it's been eight years now and we have to get past that but the fact is when he had players even if they weren't of the highest caliber he still had a way to make them up their game Okay. and then when he had a way to up their game he also found a way to make the forward line unpredictable so everyone talks about 4-4-2 with Beckham Giggs and then say Cole and York for example so you'd think your strikers your strikers your wingers are your wingers and so on but the reason why everyone chipped in with goals is because he made United not so predictable they could find many ways to play I'll even refer now we come to these days someone like um, Arteta and it was actually pointed out to me by a Liverpool fan as to the work he's doing and it actually makes sense the way they build attacks is not so predictable last year it was Tierney a lot down the left side naturally because there's not a lot coming down the other side mm-hmm. but he's starting to find a way to get these guys playing that's me throws in the middle second can go here here Pepe don't play too much but if Pepe plays in like a Europa League game you know he can make an impact in unpredictability same thing with Liverpool same thing with um, Chelsea and definitely with Man City yeah. because they use their quality in abundance to a different level and that's what I was hoping he could do City have got players in abundance in many positions but they ain't got a striker but okay. they're still potent. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping you, with arguably the greatest goal scorer of all time mm-hmm. in your team, you have to be potent with him. I'm sorry, you, you can't not 
push the boundaries of defenses and make them sweat. Mm. He doesn't do it enough. So uh, can I ask one more and then I'll hand back over to Junior? Sorry, because you prompted another thought in me there. Is it, is it a long enough question for me to take another bite? Take a bite. Love Trust me. me, eat the whole thing. <laughs> do that, my man. Um, so you mentioned um, you mentioned TNE for Arsenal and how Arsenal, particularly in last season, were quite left side heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that made me think of now is actually the influence of fullbacks in the modern game. How influential they are, you know, how much more they're in the game, not just as a defender, but in terms of influencing games. Fullbacks are right up there now in terms of importance on the pitch. For me, right, don't take offence to this. Wambataka is not it. And please continue. Yeah, please. yeah. All right, cool, perfect. Because I've I've had this conversation with United fans who aren't prepared to accept that, but that's how I feel. I've watched them very closely this season. I put it in the group chat every time I watch United. For me, Wambataka doesn't do enough. And this season in particular, not last season, and, and to make it clear, I do think Luke Shaw is a, a quality football player, but this season you've got Luke Shaw playing like Koncheski. <laughs> so it, is there an element of it's not just your attack, but your fullbacks aren't influencing, you know, your centre mid is usually McFred. Yep. There's not enough um, adventure in them, as, as you've just kind of said that you like United fans like to say. Is it, it what is it? Because like, the, the team on, on paper... Any 11 that you choose out of your best kind of 14 or 15 players should be good enough to beat any team in England, but... Um, I'm going to try and get away from Oli here because I do believe his um, tactical approach to games does play a part in it. Mm-hmm. But if I have to look at the players as individuals, you're absolutely right. Um, Wami Misaka. <laughs> 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 Thing is, so when he first came, and I'm... I'm very old school defenders. If you're a defender, your first job for me should be knowing how to defend. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not your primary role in the team, when you're in positions, you need to know how to defend. And I've never really bought into this one-on-one stuff because there's more to being a defender than this one-on-ones. Football don't work like that. It's about movement. It's about positioning. It's about all that marking. Anticipation. Anticipation, all that. And he doesn't do that. He doesn't have that in his game. And I don't know that's, if that's because he was a winger that became... A defender because they noticed that he's good on one on ones at Palace, maybe they didn't work in his overall game, or if it's a thing where United look at him and say, Because he's so good at that, we can allow that as sort of like a compensation to forget the others. If that makes any sort of sense, I just I look at him and I'm like, I'm not trying to compare to Trent because Trent defensively is not good, but forward, he's fantastic. I'm not going to try to compare to Reese James because he's a bit he's good at both. He's not a high level at both yet, but I can see the improvements. But what I want you to do is, I want you to make me feel like I shouldn't be calling for Diego Dallo to start playing games. Because Dallo as a defender is an absolute disaster. But at this point, I'm begging for you to add something to the other side. Because what you said about T- what, um, I said about Tierney. Sorry. That's all right. What I said about Tierney, United have been doing that for years. United have been so left-sided. Mm. for so long and it funny enough as soon as Antonio Valencia retired left us and we had lost him at right back that's when it began because he offers something different now when it comes to Luke Shaw I've never jumped on the bandwagon don't get me wrong I enjoyed his form but what I'm going to say is this when Mourinho that game when Mourinho said that he had to be his brain in that game that kind of scared me I wasn't trying to even run ban on him it scared me because it's like your coach or your manager brings you on and yes, we shout instructions. Mourinho, the greatest will shout instructions and tell you what to do in certain situations. 
But I also remember, also remember players like Vieira saying, at times, Arsene Wenger will shout something, and I tell him, hey, you know, I tell the players, you know, ignore that. Let's do this ourselves, because they are in the game. So you as a player in the game should not need your manager to guide you throughout the rest of the game. And bear in mind, he came on late in the second half. He wasn't a 90-minute player. Mm. So he was fresh, he was ready, he should have been more aware. He was struggling. He had that run of form, and then during the Euros, Mourinho was doing his job at um, TalkSport, not really even criticising you, just saying, look, me and him didn't have the best of relationships, but his form has been good. Mm-hmm. He's improved. And your rebuttal was, why is he talking about me? So that shows a level of overconfidence now. Now you think you're too good. Mourinho can't talk to you anymore. Mm. And now we're seeing the form that we're seeing now. And my thing is, when you're not in form, you should be replaced. Teller should be playing games now. Teller's not the best defensive mm. But against, um, I think it was, At- it was Atalanta or Villarreal? Villarreal. He scored that volley, had a good game. And immediately was thrown back off for sure. And that's why a complacency is also allowed. Those two are culpable as individuals, but also yeah. going back now to Ole, he has a part to play in that because if you're mm. not playing well, you have Should to be, be benched. I've, I've seen murmurings about that. Um, obviously, don't know if this is true because you know you don't know what's true in the newspapers nowadays, but I've seen murmurings about, you know, United squad not happy with basically what you've just mentioned, underperforming players. Yeah not being replaced and, and those who are performing well in training not getting their chance. Yeah, but I, I don't... I feel like that's like five individuals. I don't buy into the whole club sort of thing. So who, w- would you be bold enough as to name those individuals? I think the five individuals that would say something, or at least three that would say something, would be Ronaldo, Bruno, who, by the way, hasn't played well either, but there you go. Ronaldo, Bruno and De Gea. Okay. Those three would definitely say something. I'm surprised about the hair. I wasn't expecting that. No, it's about the hair. I didn't think he was very vocal either. Mm. But I've been noticing things about his demeanour recently. And not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. He says things now a lot more clearer. The fourth one, I feel like he says things in interviews, but he wouldn't say things to the coaches, Pogba. Okay. Because Pogba's kind of handed nice with Solskjaer. Solskjaer had him... Do you think that's because of like his relationship with Mourinho? That it's like he's kind of like... Okay, let me take a step back because them two, at times, it seemed like they were at each other. I think it's more to do with... Well, actually, no, that is actually a good point. That probably could play a part in it. I was thinking, because when Oli started as a coach, he was reserve manager and he had Pogba on his ranks. Ah, yeah, okay. And because of that relationship, he sort of modicoddled Pogba. And that's what United fans have grabbed onto to say that Oli's man management is fantastic. But then, if his man management was so fantastic and Pogba loved him... Pogba would have signed a contract by now. We're still waiting for Pogba to sign a contract. It's mm. the same situation as he was with Mourinho. But under Mourinho, he actually signed a contract. He extended a contract. Do you think there's an element of... Uh, definitely what you've just said, but do you think there's an element of actually now Paul Pogba sitting back and thinking, hold on, I'm coming into what should be the prime of my career. Yeah. It's not looking like I'm going to be winning major runners at United anytime soon. Yeah. So I'm not going to sign that contract because at this stage of my career, I've got a big move still in me now. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, what, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. So Right in the prime of his career. We, we talk about Harry Kane, for example. I mean, I, actually, I don't know if Tanya will hate anymore because Harry Kane's more of an optimist than Tottenham. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he, even him, he's going to be sitting there. So like Van Persie did. Van Persie's 29 and he was like, look, he said in his book that he spoke to the board and said, what are we going to do? We need to, you know, it wasn't just a case of I want to get out and go to United. It was, I want this team to get better, but what are we going to do to mm-hmm. challenge? And they didn't give him enough 
sort of confidence within leaving that door, um, the border to say, okay, you know what, I can believe in this project. Which hurts me because we signed Podolski and Kozola as soon as he left. And I was like, if if you were ahead of that, with and it's it's the exact one of the reasons why Torres left Liverpool. Yeah. Um, that there, there wasn't that ambition, and then six months later, Luis Suarez walks yeah. in, the, in the door, and, so and it's like, ima- just imagine. But that's even yeah. a problem itself. A club shouldn't use the money that you have mm. brought in for them to now bolster the team. They should be thinking, okay, you know what? It's it's um it's a risky business football. At some point, you got to take a shot and say, you know what? This could leave us in a bad space or in a good space, but one way or another, we're gonna find out. So if we have Van Persie here and we say we're gonna add Santi Cazorla. And Podolski to this two at that time top players. Yeah, then he's gonna sit there and say, "I know what Podolski brings. I certainly know what Carlos um, brings. Mm. I've got no reason to leave." Okay, let's go. Because in his time there, he saw Vieira leave, he saw Henri leave, he saw Fabregas yep. leave, Nasri leave, even Cliche. Pain, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Junior just winced. No, I was happy that Cliche left, but the rest of those I was hurt. But you know, it is the funny thing is you see the reverse at United. When Pogba has seen Ibra, Lukaku. Ronaldo, Sancho, Varane. But the difference is he sees ambitious players coming in. He doesn't see ambitious management in the team. Okay. And I feel like that's the issue, but I don't think he'll talk enough. The fifth person is um is Maguire. But Maguire is more of a he's a coward. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll tell you why he's a coward. I noticed it um when we lost six months to Tottenham. Um God, I'm sorry to do this, but you've had a couple of slappings, Oh, man. listen. Oh, I've, I forgot what show, what podcast it was. Maybe last two weeks or three weeks ago. But I literally listed <laughs> slappings we've had in recent times. So when I call Man United Gucci Everton, they better not come from <laughs> me. Like, you need to understand where your club is right now. Um, but after that, in, during that 6-1, I think it was we were 1-0 down. And um, Marshall got sent off for mm-hmm. like a little tap on... Um, Lamella, but Lamella yeah. obviously bought it and you know, got recording part. You see United players surrounding the referee, and you just see Maguire just sort of just, just walking in the distance. And then when well, I, f- I forgot which one of our players went to him and said, Are you going to come and he's like, It's a red card. I was like, Is that your attitude? Even if it is a red card, you have to stand up for one of your teammates. Go and say, Look, this guy's clearly bought this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, think about your decision before you send him off. And if you send him off, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, me and the players are going to now get a bit more. I see a bit more aggressive. Are you going to have a real game here? Mm. Nothing happened. He was poor. He did G check. He, he um, wrestled Shaw. He le- he wrestled Shaw. <laughs> even if he did even G check Shaw when um uh, and I loved it because the f- there was no fans obviously at the time, so you could hear everything. You can hear De Gea from the bottom of his lungs saying, "Look no, look no," <laughs> begging him not to do something, and he did that thing that he was begging him not to do, and Son came in and scored. Yeah. And, that's the kind of thing. But the thing is, I think he'll talk, but he'll talk behind closed doors. He's not okay. the kind of person to open his mouth. But at the same time... He but that's your, that's your club captain. This is my problem. It has to be... Firstly, oh, he's Man United's club captain. I don't claim that. <laughs> <laughs> right, cool, cool. I don't claim cool. But no, on a serious level, this is why I've never looked at him as a captain. Mm. I didn't really notice him at home. I didn't really notice him at Leicester. If I'm being brutally honest, it's the truth. Um, so when we looked to sign him for 80 million, I wasn't keen because for me, if you're going to sign someone for 80 million, then we need to be well aware of what they bring to a team. Abdi's going to be clapping you right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I listen quite a, a lot. Yeah, and if you start slogging off Bruno, he might he might go crazy. Uh, <laughs> the Bruno thing, that's for another day, but <laughs> Bruno gets a lot more slander than he deserves. And I'll leave that there. Okay. Um, 
if Abdi wants to come one on one with that. <laughs> okay, we'll set it up. Can I ask you one more question um, uh, about United in, in a general sense? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I'm actually quite interested, unless Junior's got any further questions, to hear what your thoughts are on. I think you got Watford away on the weekend. I do have some questions. Yes. Um, I do have some questions. But let me just, okay, cool. Yeah. Let me ask this question. Um, you're getting pounded with questions, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine, man. Um, I've avoided it for two weeks. I'm be, <laughs> just be honest. There's no judgment here, right? Does this United team, this is all in your view. Obviously, there's no right or wrong answer to this, really. But does this United team play better football? I'm not saying results-wise, but just in terms of the football on the pitch. Right. Do they play better football with or re- without Ronaldo? They play better football with Ronaldo. Um, there's this, there's this wonderful magic idea they uh, amongst United fans that we used to press so hard and we had a fluid. I'm not, let me just. Your pressing is a shambles. <laughs> it's been a shambles since. 2013-14 when David Moyes came in. Okay. It's been a long time. We've had Di Maria, Falcao, Van Persie, Rooney. I can go on and on. We've had players. There's this idea that, obviously, okay, so that year, um, did we finish third that year when Martial scored, I think, that 20, Rashford got about 20 goals, Green got about 20 goals, Liverpool won the league. Yeah, that's the year. And that year was kind of fluid. We had something going, we came back from lockdown, Pogba, Fernandez, and Matic fought the midfield three. It was yeah. nice, it was fluid. We had something about us. It was like, okay, that's the one time there was fluidity. Once. And United fans keep talking about oh, Ronaldo don't press. And I'm like, you're calling for Martial. Martial's one of the most... I, I, use, I use the word language for Berbatov. Martial's a lazy man. <laughs> I'm sorry, he is a lazy player. Yeah. Um, he doesn't press. Greenwood doesn't press. He's never really pressed. Rashford presses when the ball's on the left side. There's no collective press. There's never been a collective press. So Ronaldo's not the issue. Mm. And we don't, to be honest, actually, the answer, I said with Ronaldo, with or without Ronaldo, with or without Ronaldo, it's the same football. It's literally the same football. Nothing's changed. Ronaldo's just more likely to get you a goal. Yeah. That's, that's literally I'm not. It. Yeah, I won't even try to put... I'm just genuinely interested to, to hear your views. Um, well, I'm happy, you, I'm happy you asked me because any United fans listening, I know someone's going to be like, oh, yeah, but Ronaldo don't do that. I'm like, well, okay, you're there shouting Sue when he's scoring goals. And when he's saving you against Atalanta and Villarreal and all these other teams, that's why, oh, Ronaldo, Sue. But he's not good enough to be leading the Fortnite. It should be Martial. Ah, oh, get out of here, man. <laughs> I, have some, I have some questions. Um... I don't want to compare the two because I think I believe that they're both like really separate cases. Okay. Um, but I'm starting to see similarities and I don't know if it's because of his form or whatever, but the curious case of Jaden Sandro. Right. So he's, he was flying at Dortmund assists, goals, yep. skills, ego. I don't know. Mm-hmm. England, he doesn't really get a shout. He comes to United. There was this big thing like, we've got our winger. The winger that we've needed, wanted. This guy, he's, you know, really young. He's, But it's something just seems like he's not clicking. And so he's finding himself on the bench. And the, per- the player I was going to compare him to is Van der Beek, who right. had a, a similar good year at Ajax, flowing football, goals, assists. And then he comes to United, doesn't quite click. And he's he's forever on the bench. I'm kind of worried that that might happen with Jaden Sancho. What are your thoughts? That that is a fear of mine. Um, I feel like, but also United fans have a part to play in this in terms of the blame game. I feel like United fans didn't really know what they were getting with Sancho. 
they, I think they thought they were getting this explosive winger, always direct down the wing, whip balls in for Ronaldo. That's always been the dream, apparently, you know, whipping balls for Ronaldo. <laughs> and for me, it's like, if you watch them at Dortmund, I, I'm not a fan of the Bundesliga. I, I don't even like Dortmund. So really and truly, I watched about 10% of their games. But anytime I watched him, it wasn't about explosiveness and quick. It was um, sort of like players closer together, link-up play, mm-hmm. short dribbles, finding space and just making an impact within that space really quick. And then he had someone like Haaland who is, he's a killer. So he wants to be in the, go- the box scoring goals. So he's going to be there either to collect the ball to finish or to do a little another link-up and then get Sancho in or whoever else in. And I think United fans bought into this idea of essentially Solskjaer trying to recreate Ferguson May United and thinking Sancho will be that right winger. Okay. So because of, of that, I feel like he has no idea now what to do with Sancho because Sancho is not meeting the expectations of Solskjaer, but I don't think Solskjaer had the the right idea mm. okay. about the player. Is it, than, yeah. But you know, like that's surprising because I, I understand what you're what you're saying, but it's, it's surprising to me because, you know, if if you watch enough football, you understand that like managers and teams and clubs or whatever, they watch a lot of highlights of the player. They watch a lot of that player. They they scout them a lot. They and Sancho isn't a player that's like you know a reserve player that they have to like go to like specific. Sancho's there. Yeah, he's probably. Last season and the season before was like top of like Bundesliga highlights. Yeah. Other than obviously Bayern Munich, who score like 17 goals every game. But Sancho's up there. Yeah. That Dortmund team is up there. Yeah. So how can you tell me that Solskjaer maybe had the wrong? Because you know, I, I've not been convinced by United's sort of scouting network for a while. Okay. The managers have changed, but I feel like the personnel in the boardroom and above has been the same. So... If you see United signings from 2013 onwards, it's been very disjointed. We signed, like, Daily Blind, good player, for example. Love Daily Blind. But then it was, is he going to be playing centre-back, defensive midfield, or left-back? So there was really confusion in that. That was number one. Then we signed Di Maria. Had a stellar year as a winger and as a central midfielder as well. But when he came in, United were going through so many different formations. We didn't know what Di Maria's role was. That's we even how. And then when Mourinho came in, you know, he kind of got his players, not going to lie. And the play, the football that we saw was the football that he intended to play. Mm-hmm. But then another kind of, we don't know what we're going to do here moment came where we finished second behind 100 points City. And he was just begging United to bring in defenders because quite frankly, it was the De Gea show. Mm-hmm. And he just said, look, I need to bolster this back line. Give me the players. And, you know, you, uh, you gave me Lindelof, you gave me Bailly. By his injury prone, Lindelof is very composed on the ball. He reads the game well, but he's quite weak. So I just need someone a bit more solid. And he actually went Harry Maguire from Hull. He went my five million pounds, but we didn't do that. So that was another broken moment. And then we and also notice we went from David Moyes' style of football to Louis Van Gaal's style of football to Mourinho's style of football to Solskjaer. Yeah. Okay. So again, there's no real cohesion there. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. That's why I feel like with Sancho, I don't think they actually recognise what they're getting. I think okay. they saw top name, fees a bit lower, main life is a bit happy. Okay. But do you know what? I think I agree with that. But I also think there's a sense of they knew what they were getting. But at Dortmund, that team is so well tactically drilled, mm. consistent patterns of play. Each one of you know the, the 11 players on the pitch know what their role is on the day. Yeah. 
And I just don't think he gets that that mm. at United. And I think yeah. there's that element of it as well. When he's stepping onto the pitch, he's actually not sure what he's being asked to do. But you know, I do have patience for him. And the reason I have patience for him... You have to have him, patience for him. This guy, this guy is quality. Oh, I'm he's quality. Yeah, yeah. But even if he was like a... I don't know. Daniel one James. One of, no, forget that guy. <laughs> 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 even if he was like one of those players that was there as a bench sort of impact player, mm-hmm. I would have patience because the... Not the defensive level. I think Premier League definitely is shocking, by the way. But the Bundesliga is so much more open. You have one-on-one situations within the first two minutes of the game. So it's really scary. So I feel like because it's so much more open, you've got to allow the guy to... Just because he plays for C as a youngster, he didn't play Premier League football. Mm. He wasn't a Premier League player. So he's not used to that style of football. Playing it at the under-18 level is very different to playing it at Premier League level. So he needs to now adjust to that. So I do have time for him, but I'm hoping he can start kicking. I'm, I'm really written off the season. I'm kicking off from next season okay. on Sancho. If it doesn't happen next season, then I have to start looking at him a little bit funny and say, okay, you need to find a way to get used to this because one way or another, we need you. Yeah, You're the big signing. So it's either you step up or you step aside. Okay. And um, just talk on Van der Beek. Just, I, you don't have to go too in depth, but I feel like... From me, because mm. I was a big, big fan of Van der Beek at Ajax. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's been a bit unfair, like the I fact agree. that you bring this guy in for 40 million, he actually doesn't fit into anything that you, like your, what your plans are, I, plans in air quotes. Yeah. Um, and then now he's just kind of like a, he's just there, bless him. He just sits there. He, he's got the best seat in the house, like season ticket. He just goes to every game and he's just there. Long story short, he should have been allowed to go to Everton alone last year. That's mm. that's simple as it gets. It's that he looked he looked buzzing to get six minutes or whatever it was against Atalanta. He was yeah. so happy. That's the stage that it's at now. Six minutes is big for him. You're right. You signed you signed for forty million pounds. I know these days are much bigger fees, but that's still a fee. Yeah. So you got you got to give the guys chance, and you know I, I I always say Bruno Fernandez is so in and out of form, but because he's so productive, it's hard to drop him. I understand that. But when he's not playing well, there's no shame with maybe bringing Dolly van der Beek in. If you want to put Pogba in the 10 so he can focus on being more creative and then put Donny next to someone else, just, you know, sort of try something new. Yeah, I'd forgive that more. If he came in and said, okay, look, I'll give you a game here and there and it's not working, I forgive that more than just not playing him. Yeah, that's I think that's, that's a fair way to look at it. Yeah, so, And does it annoy you, actually? I mean, we spent quite a while on this, but does it annoy you, actually, that... Are we, are we allowed to swear? I mean, up to you. It pees me off. I've got that. <laughs> <part. Senior laughs> I, I won't complete the whole word. I love that. Um, um, just before we move on from United, um, we haven't had that representative on the show, like I've said before. Yeah. And there have been two really big games that United have been involved in. Oh. Well, three big games um, <laughs> that United have been involved in in the last month, month and a half. <laughs> Those noises say everything. So let's start at the beginning. And Mark, you're gonna have to turn around for this one. That's actually <laughs> you're actually storyboarding it for No, it. no, I just I, no, I just want to get your like perspective because we haven't heard it. So Man United played Liverpool at Old Trafford. I know, I know, but so they don't even feel like Old Trafford anymore, man. The cricket ground is more Old Trafford than this. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean for like we know what it means, but what does that mean for United? And for you it, as a fan, it, it just shows 
what I've been thinking, United are nowhere near close to these other teams, but I think it's because of... Okay, it's not only management. Let me be fair. It's not only Solskjaer, but there's a lot of players also that just get away with too much. Mm. If I'm being honest, I'll tell you this. Um, I was on Usman's channel, and he asked me for a score prediction. And I said to him, I'm going to tell you what's in my heart. I'm not going to tell you what's up here. And I just said 2-1. When we went off um, camera, I told him my prediction is actually 6-1 Liverpool. Mad. You should have said that on air. I didn't want to say it because Give I didn't want to speak into existence. <laughs> and lo and behold, I got the five goal difference right. Yeah. But we didn't score. And you almost did with yeah, the Ronaldo, Ronaldo one. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so... That, to be fair, Liverpool put, took their foot off the gas as well. I was about to say, aside from, right, aside from the scoreline, which is... You know, people will be talking about yeah. that in 10, 20, 30 years' time, um, as they will when all of the big teams get slapped by their big rivals. Yeah. Um, is it more annoying for you actually that, and same with the City game, mm. um, that both teams actually, you know, with 30 minutes to go, thought this isn't even worth our energy. Let's call it all down and let's just hold on to the ball. Does that hurt more than the scoreline or does the scoreline hurt? Oh, yeah, because well, I'll say this, City's... City's scoreline being lower actually hurt more because when Liverpool smell blood, they just come to kill you. Mm. They've done it to both. They've done it to war clubs. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When they smell blood, they just come for your neck. So when they went one 0 up, I was expecting more goals. But with City, City have all the ability to kill you. They just chose not to. They went one 0 up and they cruised. Yeah, and then decided to go for another attack. Saw a weakness, two 0 and then cruised again. They essentially cruised. For 88 minutes of the, the game, yeah. the two minutes was with their squad is when they thought, let's do be serious about this. Pep said he didn't make any changes because it was easy and comfortable. Did you see what De Bruyne said about their, their okay. training session just before United? Let's wait and see. So they don't even consider you a serious threat anymore. <laughs> and you're supposed to be the biggest club in Manchester or one of the biggest clubs in England and in Europe. Yeah. So if that's how teams look at you now, that just tells me the whole story. Sandwiched in between those two games was the Spurs game. Um, I didn't care. Okay. I, 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 sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. I just, I just, I didn't care. Fair One three nil, and my cousin, my cousin Stanley, came to my place, saw my new place. We watched the TV, and Ronaldo's goal, mm. like it was goal amazing. Like that I would be usually, I'd be like, oh my good. I looked at him, I was like, hey, that's quality. I would just continue watching TV. <laughs> Mad. Okay. There was no because being Spurs is not special right now. Spurs are not the. The team that the Spurs that smacked us 3 0 at White Hart Lane when Lamella scored that Spurs, if we beat that Spurs, oh, I'll be talking. But this Spurs right now, they're not serious. Fair enough. So I was like, well, okay, congratulations. And what it also meant was that we we're going to get Conte. They did. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry. So, uh, okay, talking about Conte, but I, it wasn't something that I had in my mind, but since you, you brought us here, yeah. what did you want Conte? Absolutely. And, ha and so. You obviously got it that you didn't get. I am, I am stressed. Okay, I'm stressed. I mean, it's not the idea of he'll do something with Tottenham. I don't know what he's going to do with Tottenham because Tottenham in itself, as a club, are a mess in general. Yeah, with Levy and Enoch and everything else. But he's a better manager mm. than what they had previously. Yeah, and he's a better manager than what we have right now. Yeah, and I can genuinely believe in my heart that he would take this United squad, weed out the nonsense, and say. I know what to do with mm. this team and get better results. Mm. The style of football don't it don't matter to me. I prefer winning football. Okay. If you win accolades, that's what I care about. I've never been a 
I want possession based pressing all that. I just want football that makes sense for the team. Uh, would you not be concerned that at, at the last few clubs that Conte's been at, he's only been there for a short period of time and he tends to leave them in a worse place than like in terms of like the buys that he brings in and, and all this kind of stuff? Um, I don't know because I think with Juve, he took a Juve team that obviously came back also from um, yeah. match fixing. Um, shout out Mourinho for chatting on Conte on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, obviously took them from eighth when he came in to win the title. Mm. Great great year for him. Um, the Chelsea one, Chelsea doesn't really bother me because Chelsea have a history of doing that. That's fair. They get managers, they win, and then, then like they win it two years in a row or they win it one year and then they just fall off. You know, Hazard came back out of shape, all, yeah. this, all that kind of stuff. Um, and with Inter Milan, People say he left Inter Milan in the worst state financially. He was just begging them not to just fire sell players yeah. at the yeah, sake of literally. fire selling players. Yeah. He's like, if you're going to sell Lukaku, you've got 100 million, I think he's worth more. And then we're hearing Lautaro Martinez is also going to leave as well. So yeah. he's like, well, if you're selling two of my guys, and you're not going to really bat me in the window. Mm. Well, they, they were already in a lot of financial yeah, difficulties, they were, right? Yeah, so exactly. it was about selling Lukaku. And I think the issue was actually, so you're not going to let me reinvest any of that money into the there team. Yeah, and yeah, how yeah. do you expect me to progress there you go. after it's, winning the title? You know? Same thing Seth Ferguson sort of did, didn't he? He said, look, if we win the title, you need to improve the team the next year. One, two signings, whatever you think it is, because everyone else is going to try and improve. Yeah, so fair. naturally, you also try to improve. And yeah, I would have wanted him, man. Man, Conte at United, that would have been beautiful. Yeah. All right, I'm just conscious of time, so I think we'll move on. Oh, I was just—I just wanted to double check. Um, so I was right. So it's Watford away. Yeah. Just score prediction for uh, it's three o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, one one. One one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no confidence whatsoever that you're not going to do this Watford team. I'm, I'm confident we'll score one goal. <laughs> <laughs> and you're confident that you concede one. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the pain is over. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be talking about England now. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> Give me a little clap in the process. Uh, yeah, have as many as you like. We put you under the, the. I don't know what we put you under, but the stress. <laughs> put you under the cosh, as the saying goes. Um, all right, let's talk about England. Um, now, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we don't really care about international football, mm-hmm. um, apart from World Cup and Euros. But it is really pointless this international break. So I decided to just catch highlights mm. um, rather than watch the games. And I'll see in England versus Albania, <laughs> which in this country, they're rated more for their women, which is funny. <laughs> um, shout out Albanian women though. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you did play San Marino, which- San Marino. Uh, uh, you know, they're actually ranked rock bottom of the FIFA World Rankings. Exactly, so that game is just a write-off. That, that's yeah. even a joke thing. And then you've got, um, I saw France versus Kazakhstan. Eight nil. I saw uh, Germany versus... Who did they beat 4-1? They also won 9-0. The fixtures are they're pointless. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I ain't got time to sit down and watch England versus San Marino. Yeah, no. I it's agree. a waste of time. So, yeah, I caught the highlights. Some lovely goals from yeah. many teams. Um, I enjoyed Scotland's game, actually. I think they played... Uh, Denmark. Denmark, 2-0. Yeah. That's the game worth Did much. you know that that's... Um, uh, I'm pretty sure, unless they conceded in the game just prior to Scotland, that's the first loss... But also their first goals conceded in this whole qualifying yeah, they, campaign. Oh, wow. they Denmark, were completely unbeaten they and smashed yeah. it. And wow. Scotland came up and ruined that. Okay, shout out Scotland for that. Yeah, shout yeah, out yeah, Scotland. That's, that secured their place in the playoffs. Yeah, um, and one thing I was really happy to see. I mean, I was not happy, but um, it was really nice seeing was um, the game in Lisbon. 
Well, so, you can be happy. Don't okay, worry. I'll be happy, man. I was happy. Be happy. I saw I saw the highlights of that, and I was like, wow, that is. You know what? Those fans celebrating is what football is all about. Like that 90th minute winner by Mitrovic, him taking off his shirt, going berserk, the fans going nuts. That's the type of international game I can get behind though, right? Because there's so much riding on that game. You know, you've got first and second in their group. Yep. Um, Portugal needed one point to go through top and qualify automatically. Serbia needed a win. This is in Portugal. And in the 90th minute, you're popping up with... That I can get behind, right? But when, you know, you've got... Let's just pull out England, San Marino, top of the group, won every single game apart from one draw against Poland, I think. And San Marino, rock bottom. It would surprise me if they've scored a goal. I'd have to fact check that. (laughs) They're the type of games I can't get behind. And and then there was also... Please forgive me if I get this wrong, but... Holland were 2-0 up against Macedonia. Uh, Montenegro. Montenegro. And they only needed a a win to to guarantee that they're going to the World Cup and then 2-2. Actually, that group's crazy because Holland are on 20 points and there are two teams on 18 points. I can't remember the teams and Holland have one of those teams tonight. So they've just made it so much more difficult for themselves with that kind of fiasco against Montenegro. 2-0, you've got to be seeing that out. And Um, I just heard... I don't know, it's rumours, but I just heard that, um, and this is completely left field, I don't know, um, that De Jong might be available from Barcelona. Apparently, they're not... I think I think Xavi would be... Insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Well, I, they should have said him. That's no, yeah. But apparently, um, Dani Alves is playing... Number like, eight, bro. Number eight, he just got the number eight. Number eight, and he's playing for very little money. like One pound a week. Is it... What, is it They've got they Barca have nothing. They couldn't yeah. offer him a contract. They yeah. literally said, if no, "You're going to come back." One, Let me tell you about Danny Alves. Yeah. Oh, Let me tell you man. about Danny Alves. Yeah. Danny Alves went to Brazil because it was his dream to play for São Paulo. Yeah. So he's playing at São Paulo. Um, São Paulo at the time probably my friend's going to kill me because he's actually a São Paulo fan. So I'm going <laughs> to say some wrong things and he's going to he's going <laughs> to. But um, he so like São Paulo at the time they weren't in the best shape. So Danny Alves comes in, doesn't play right back, plays number ten. Yeah, plays number 10 for Sao Paulo What in midfield. All of this, they won their first trophy for like in like 10, 15 years. Danny Alves playing in the middle. Right. Then there was a financial situation and Danny Alves wasn't being paid. And so he doesn't turn up to train. Serious? Doesn't turn up at all. Yeah. And, he, and he's, saying, he's saying like, well, they were like, oh, you know, they weren't really being forceful because they're like, well, we haven't paid him. And he was like, well, I haven't been paid. So why would I turn up? So how do you feel as a Sao, Sao Paulo fan, owner, uh, manager, to, to then see him, you know, moan about that and then go to Barca and... and <laughs> for one euro. For he's one euro a week. He's taking a mickey. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, a, it's a bizarre situation. Um, but in a way, and I'm sorry my friend, if you're listening. Um, but if Barcelona calls you and you're playing for Sao Paulo... And which of course, he's, he's got... Um, yeah, well, he's got... Have I just been muted? Oh, sorry. I'm meant to mute number three. Yeah, I was going to say, I thinking, I can't hear myself. Um, sorry. He's got what? I mean, what is he, 38? He's 38, yeah. yeah. It's that last hurrah. I, I, course, I yeah. don't blame him. No, I, I, mean, I really don't blame him. Like, you're leaving the Brazilian league, which isn't, you know, I don't know. For me, there's a lot that could be changed in the Brazilian league. But you're leaving the Brazilian league to play for Barcelona. It's still Barcelona. 
it's a new project with Xavi. Champions League football. I don't know. Well, let's, yeah. let's see if they make it out of their group because there's that as well. It's a bit sticky for them. They're yeah. struggling bad right now. Yeah. Um, oh, Daniel is going to play midfield. Is that what they've said? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. We had both of us biting there. Like, what? <laughs> now, um, okay, let's talk about England. Um, okay, results aside, because as we said, it's unimportant. <laughs> Should England fans be excited? Mainly, mainly due to the talent coming through. 100%. Let me name drop some players. Go on then. Can I do that? Yeah, you can do that. Abdi, your boy is coming last. Um, <laughs> your, oh, sorry, because it's just uh, it just has to be the case. Um, right, I'm going to start with Bellingham because he's... Right, yeah, I love Jude Bellingham. Yes. Um, then you can just keep going. You've got Foden. You've got um, Trent, Reese James. You've got Smith Rowe. You've got Sancho. Um Completely can't rule him out. You've got Rashford, who's still, what, 24? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I've probably done a bit Ka- of an injustice Gallagher. there because I've already forgotten players. Gallagher. Gallagher um, Declan Rice. Declan Rice. Rice. Yep. The, yep. the talent is unbelievable. And I think... Oh, oh sorry. Saka. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, Greenwood? <laughs> Greenwood, oh, yeah. um, Wait, who... Good. For some reason... Um, yeah, they're letting him sort of... I don't know. Rest or I don't know some nonsense, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's yeah, nonsense. Um, but I think right if if England are going to continue playing that three at the back or five at the back system, whatever way you want to look at it, mm. I think it's time to start bedding these players in and get them playing with each other. Mm-hmm. So you might think I'm being a bit biased towards Liverpool here, but this is what I do. Right, hear me out. Okay, I I would have Reese James in at right centre back. Okay, of a three, he's done it for Chelsea. Done it very well. I think he did it in the Champions League final against City, actually. Um, yeah, and they yeah. played Asby at right wing back. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair point. He's done it in the biggest game in club football. Um, performed very well. And that's where he's playing Carl Walker at the moment. So I think Reese James does an absolute job there. I'd play Trent on the right. Jude Bellingham right centre mid. And then one of Sako or Foden on the right wing. And I think if you can get that right side working, the four of those players, you're cooking. I really think you're cooking. Honestly, this, these are young players. I think Trent's the oldest at 23. Yeah. Um, Phil Foden, 21. Jude Bellingham, still ridiculously young. Even um, Ben Chilwell's not old, is he? He's like no. 24. Yeah, yeah. I think this England like, squad is cooking. And, and I, I, I've, I've, let me just say this last thing. I've given Gareth Southgate a lot of stick, right? A lot, a lot of stick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, there, there's a rumoured new two-year deal. And I, yeah, I'm going to sit back, right, and say... So long as that's the last deal, I can get behind that. Okay, I can get behind that because I feel like he's built a relationship with these young players and I feel like they need some consistency. I don't want to see what happened to the previous golden generation where there was no consistency. It was all about club rivalries, you know, reading stories in, in autobiographies about when they were going into the canteen, they'd split up into their club groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beautiful thing now is that that doesn't happen anymore. So what we've got here is... um. Not necessarily another golden generation, but you've got a group of players who actually friends, friends, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think that could be the difference between this team and and um, just not just moving away a bit from the attacking side. That you've got Ben White, who's also twenty two, twenty three. You got Ramsdale, who's twenty three. Um, Joe Gomez, Joe Tamori. Gomez, yeah, Tamori, who who, I mean, we don't watch enough of well, we don't watch enough of Italian football to know if he's progressing well at AC Milan, but he seems to start most games that I yeah. see. Um, so there is a good crop and uh, Gareth, please, 
Just start weeding out players like Mings and Cody. Oh, they man. just need to go. Mings is not even the best English centre back at, at Villa. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't, um, I, I, you know, I do hear because so I've not really thought about England too much because usually England just equals disappointment. Mm. But you've got a fair point there. Um, I think what Southgate needs to try and do is sort of deviate away from what the previous management does. It annoyed me when I heard Sven Goran Eriksson on, I think it was Sky Monday Night Football some long time ago. He said um, he plays skulls on the left because it's skulls. And my thing is, yes, we know how good skulls was, but you don't play skulls on the left wing. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. If you've got him, Lampard, Gerrard, and you don't know which ones to leave out, Eventually, pick one. I don't care if you do a Russian roulette sort of thing. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if you tell them to um, got me head in my mic. <laughs> I don't care if you tell them to stand in the circle and do rock paper scissors. <laughs> Just don't put a talent, a talent. Um, I'm sorry, I was about to say talent as well. Uh, full of talent, a player that's so full of brilliance out in those three players, those three players, and move any of them out of position just for the sake mm. of having them on the pitch. If England, for me were a bit more progressive like the other countries were, they would have used like Hargreaves of Carrick in a defensive midfield position and put one at the other and then put two or three in front of them because that provides a bit more balance. And then if you want Beckham as a, a right winger, or even Beckham at Real Madrid played more central midfield at some point as well. Yeah. Just don't allow yourself to buy into that way. I've got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. They all got to play. Just stick to what you think is best for the, the, the moment and then go with it. I think you've w- accidentally walked into a debate that we what well, on this podcast it's not so much of a debate right but it's it's just a conversation that we typically have okay but because you're a united fan and we don't really get this perspective united fans know nothing about balance <laughs> <laughs> i want to ask you this in order mm. please rank these players okay <laughs> steven gerrard frank lampard Paul Scholes. Okay. So um, one's the best, third is, well, they're all class, but yeah. one's the best, third's the less best of the three. Um, okay, so in these arguments, I have tended to say Scholes. Um, At number one? Yeah. Okay. My, my head has been swayed a little bit since um, certain incidents to be saw on social media. That <laughs> <way>. <laughs> 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 but wow. um, the reason I put Scholes in there is because I feel like in these debates in football, and it's not just to like back my boy kind of thing. It's sort of like a, people don't really sort of want to appreciate what he actually does in a football game. Because, for example, when people talk about Lampard, they bring stats. I'm like, you would not dare to tell me that Lampard's better than Iniesta. He outclasses him in goals and assists. But when we talk about greatest midfielders, Iniesta's always higher. So I wouldn't have that. You have Gerrard and it's, it's the moments, you know. But this, in this day and age, especially, you have players that people tell you, oh, yeah, this guy gave you moments, but all in all, he's not really that good. So I tried to just, Gerald was fantastic. Lampard was fantastic. Scores were fantastic. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. my favourites, if I'm going to rank them, is actually Scores, Gerald, Lampard. Okay. That's how I rank them. Um, but Lampard at times has also been first because I feel like Lampard gets too much disrespect. He's a lot more than just a goal scoring midfielder. But being a goal scoring midfielder to the rate he was mm-hmm. cannot be disrespected. He's top goal scorer of a whole flipping club. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
That's insane. And I, I want just people to know that when we say rank these three players, not saying that because one of them is is number one, number three is absolute crap. Yeah, it, exactly. they're they're just class mm. in. You know, there's brilliant players. Well, yeah. we're talking about the f- the three best English centre mids of an era. Yeah. So exactly. in terms of, there is no disrespect in, in terms of saying list your one to three. And yeah. the beautiful thing is that I've got a different opinion to you. Mm. You've probably got a different opinion than to us two. Mm. That argument can go any way. That's yeah. how quality all three of those players were. I would like to say though that none of those three are our top Premier midfield of all time. Oh, huh? no. Who's, who's Patrick Vieira. <laughs> I like Kojo, man. Just saying that right now. Which one's the boo again? But no, no, there's no boo. There's only claps. Do the applause. <laughs> All right. Um, again, conscious of time, I just want to end on um, a game. So I'm gonna pit Kojo versus Mark. Okay. Uh, we're gonna do two Who Am I's. Okay. So usually, what I'll do is I'll give um, three clues, and then if you're struggling. I'll do another one and then another one. So a total of five clues and then you have to guess who it is. Cool. Okay. Can I quickly ask, yeah, on, on a scale of like extremely hard to, you'll be calm with this. What are we saying? <laughs> I think this one is on the medium to easy. I like that. Cool. I like that. I, I, I tend to suck at these That lemon and herb. Yeah, lemon yeah, and herb, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I know more. I was for plain chicken, but let's put <laughs> <laughs> no, That's too easy. <laughs> that's too easy, yeah. All right. Um, okay, so who am I? I've played with Danny Drinkwater. I've played in the championship and I've won the Euro uh the UEFA um the Europa League. The Europa League, yeah. So, so, played Danny so Drinkwater. I've played with Dran- Danny Drinkwater, yep. I've played in the championship, and I've won the Europa League. Cool. So usually I'd start like But no no thinking out loud, but this is pod versus pod, yeah. Mark versus Kojo, free in midfield versus we'll talk about that later. It's tricky because Danny Drinkwater has been about. He's been yeah. about. Um, I'm trying to figure about the clubs he's played for and the people he's played with. I've got a couple. Right, I've got one that's a bit out there that you might have forgotten that he played for. So I'm hoping that's the one. Okay. Um, could we have clue number four? Do you want clue number four? Yeah, I'm begging for it, please. <laughs> okay. I've played with Cristiano Ronaldo. I was thinking right along, right along the right lines. Okay. Uh, I'm onto a loser here. So, played with Danny Drinkwater, mm-hmm. won a Europa League. Yep. Played um, in the championship. Played in the championship. And he's played alongside Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, my. Okay. Right. You're moving a little bit wild with this one. <laughs> when I say it, you'll kick yourself. Oh, wait, no, he didn't play for Ronaldo. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, I'll give you the last clue. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. please. I've played with Romelu Lukaku. So my assumption here, right? I'm gonna think out loud, Kojo. Right, go on. I'm assuming. Let's work together, man. Forget Junior. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming, right? So <laughs> when forget so when, <laughs> so when he's saying Danny Drinkwater, right? I'm thinking Leicester, Chelsea, Burnley. Yeah. Um, you also play for Man United as a youngster. Did he make an official appearance? That would be cheeky if you've done that, Junior. So well, let's rule out United. <laughs> okay, let's really kick him out for now. That would be very cheeky. Um, so I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> Oh no, but he's saying he played with Ronaldo. Um, so I'm thinking, right? I'm thinking this is... Is it Ricardo Pereira? It isn't. Ah, it I was going to say, I'm thinking this is a Portuguese brother who played at Leicester. That's where, that's where my mind just took me then. Um, was he signed for them while still in the Premier League? 
I think oh, of course, he's played in the championship as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I'm I'm losing the plot here. I've played with Ronaldo. I've played with Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Won a Europa won league. league. Played in the championship. Mm-hmm. And played with Danny Drinkwater at, I'm assuming, club level. I know he's made a couple of England appearances. Lukaku. But also think about the levels that, is it that Danny Drinkwater has Could played. No, I together? No, they can't have been. Unless, for, unless for England. What? Is it Luke Shaw? It isn't Luke Shaw. Oh. Who's? Uh, are we on either of us on the right tracks with the Pereira Luke Shaw? He was closer with Luke Shaw, but so it's not. Yeah. Let's rule out Portugal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he played with Ronaldo at club level. Played with Ronaldo at club level. And he's also played in the championship. So club level, he's either played for this person has either played for. United, Madrid, Juventus. Uh, no, I was gonna. I don't know why I was gonna say Aaron Ramsey, but he hasn't played with Danny Drinkwater. No, he hasn't. Did you give up? Yeah, I went. Yeah, it's Jesse Lingard. He did play in the championship. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, he played uh, for Leicester in the championship yeah, alongside yeah. Danny Drinkwater. He played in the championship for Leicester City, Birmingham, Brighton, and Derby County. And then he also won the Europa League with Man United in 2017. He played 64 games with Romelu Lukaku, and he's currently played four games with Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't going to get there. Do you know what? That, yeah. It's because the games with Ronaldo have been so recent, as in literally this season. Mm. I've, I just, I, I yeah, think fair, back that's like a couple of seasons. All right, next one is a, is a, is a medium. In a medium, medium yeah. spice, yeah, medium to high. But you said this one was lemon and herb. That was, I'm right, thinking so that this was is extremely hot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, um, okay, we'll see. Okay, three clues, and then we'll do. Okay, yep. so I've played alongside Joao Moutinho. Okay. Okay. I've won the Europa League twice. Okay. And I've played in the Premier League. So I played Joao Moutinho one of twice and playing in the Premier League. So Jean Martinho, Wolves, uh Sporting Lisbon. Mm, won the Europa League twice. My first thought was Ronaldo Sanchez, but I can't think of he had him winning the Europa League at any point. Nah, he's not um, he was what before Lille, Swansea, Bayern Swansea, Munich. Bayern. Bayern Munich are not doing Europa yeah, League yeah. whatsoever. That's true. <laughs> Neither are Swansea. So wait, this goes out for us again? Uh I've played with Joao Martinho. Yep. I've won the Europa League twice. I've played in the Premier League. I think it's someone that's been at Sevilla. That's where I'm... Let's get, let's get clue number four. Okay, clue number four is I'm currently playing in La Liga. Who just went there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days! Currently playing if in La Liga. If I can think of the club, I think... We might. So currently playing in the league, I won the Europa League twice. Mm-hmm. Played with Jao Moutinho. So this could be either a Portuguese guy or someone who's played with him at you know, the clubs you listed: Swansea, mm-hmm. Bayern, Lille. We're gonna have to have the next one. Go for it, yeah. Go for it. Okay. I've played with Wayne Rooney. He's only played for two. Uh, uh, we're not talking about America. He's played for two clubs. Uh, he, I think he played officially played for Derby as well, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He did. Oh, he did play. So Everton United, yeah. Derby. Yeah, 
Rooney also played for England. And when he played for Everton, okay, so you tell, are you trying to tell us this? No, I'm not trying to tell you anything. I'm cool. just, I'm just helping. When you. he played for that's Everton, a, that's a decoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was no win in the Europa League with Everton or United. Really, won the Europa League when Rooney was there. Maybe in what year? 2017. 2017. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> the Eureka moment. So 2017 Europa League. Name me a Portuguese guy in that squad now, and I think we we might be on to a little... In the United team? At anyone in that squad. Oh, anyone? Oh, that's all. Wait. From 2017. Because okay. I'm thinking, potentially, they played with Renato Sanchez internationally. Possibly. Why are you talking about Renato Sanchez? Good question. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about Jean Jean <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, here to keep you guys <laughs> on okay. track. <laughs> Really, won the Europa League. So whoever's played with him has possibly won it. Can I throw him. a curveball? Yeah. One of the Euro, uh, both of the Europa Leagues that this person has won was not with Rooney. Okay, so forget about United then. Right. So they played with Rooney. That's mm. only that's the Europa League he won. So this guy has played with Rooney, but he won the Europa League after Rooney, because Rooney. Oh, he could have been before. Or he could have played with Rooney and then won the Europa, left yeah. and won the Europa Leagues after. So it could be a young guy, a young guy that didn't really get much game time. Wait, this is bad. I told you I was not good at this game. <laughs> this is bad. I think you guys are overthinking it just a tad. Okay, right. Jean Moutinho. Give us one okay. to five. Give us one to five yeah. again. Okay. Uh, I've played with Jean Moutinho. I've won the Europa League twice. I've played in the Premier League. I'll give you one of the teams. Man United. Shock. I've played with Wayne Rooney. And I'm currently playing in La Liga. Okay, this could be someone that left us before we won the Europa League. Um, I'm currently playing La Liga. But wait, 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 wait. Is it... Is it Falcao? Yes! yes! <laughs> the other team. Oh, so he played with him at Monaco. Moutinho. Was Moutinho no, ever? So like, where did he play with Moutinho? Uh, okay, so I've played with Jean Moutinho, 123 games at Porto and Monaco. Yes. I've won the Europa League twice with Porto and Atletico Madrid. Yeah. I've played in the Premier League with Man United and Chelsea. I've played with Wayne Rooney, 22 games. I'm currently playing in La Liga with Rayo Vallencano. Yeah. Vallencano, yeah. however you say yeah, I think, yeah, you're Vallecano right. Gave uh, Barcelona that work. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in the first question, when I said I'm going to start thinking aloud, Mm-hmm. Essentially, we. So you get the assist. Yeah, 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 I got yeah, the assist. Yeah, so you got the assist. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a draw for <laughs> this this you know most amicable amicable game. Um, all right. So unless there's anything else, all I have to do is thank you, Kojo, for coming on here at such late notice, but providing the Man United insight that we've lacked for a very long time. Ah, oh, no, thanks for having me. Um, Secondly, get Oli out. <laughs> we'll hashtag that, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, do it, man. Do it. Next to, um, what, was that, what did I call Marshall? Jim Appel Jefferson. Jim Appel Jefferson. That as well. So, I love that one. Yeah, but one no, of my favourite rules. Keep running the show. I told you guys I missed you guys on Twitter. I told you because yeah. I listen to you. I, I listen to very few podcasts. I follow a lot, mm. but there's very few that I listen to on a religious level. Like, like oh, they're out this week. Let me play that back. You guys are one of those people. So I appreciate, appreciate that. that. Yeah, yeah, so keep doing your thing, man. Oh, um, thank you so much. And just thirdly, definitely plug your socials, yes. uh, both personal if you wanted to do that, but I'm um, thinking podcast because you guys are also, to return the nice words, 
flipping fantastic podcast yeah, as well. That. So I really good listen. Appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Um, I don't really use my personal anymore. I just do it for likes. So, um, <laughs> Free Midfield is the podcast um, on Twitter and all the audio places. Uh, Free Midfield podcast on YouTube. Um, and yeah, shout out Cahill. Um, and even I'll give a little shout out to Osman Talks United as well because he's done a lot for me as well. Fair. Um, and he supported me through a lot as well. And he's got me having my own show on his channel, which is weird. No, so every Wednesday, well, no, it's, not, it's not every Wednesday, some Wednesdays, <laughs> the Kojo show on that as well, but Freeman Field primarily, and it's most always the same. If you love football, come and talk. That's it. Amen. Um, cool. So we'll be back next week with another exciting episode of We'll Talk About That Later. Sports Social Podcast Network.